Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Amen. Go to John 10. John 10. Brand new series. I want you to say it with me. Say this. My sheep hear my voice. Say it this way. I am one of his sheep. I hear his voice. In Jesus' name. Tonight we're starting a brand new series of what Jesus talked about in John 10. That my sheep hear my voice. God has no problem speaking to us. We have a problem tuning into him. We have a problem hearing from him, listening to him. And I'm going to show you tonight that one of the most critical things that you should learn, keep developing in, get better at, and never stop pursuing in your daily life is to hear from heaven. Every day. Every day. Not just when you got a problem. Not just when you got a decision to make. By the way, you're pretty much making decisions every day. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to see the significance of this. Maybe in some ways you haven't before. But ladies and gentlemen, the difference between hearing the voice of God and not hearing the voice of God can be the difference between life and death. Literally. It can be the difference between failure or success. It can be the difference between walking in a plan of God for your life or missing totally what God put you here to do. Because God cannot, nor will he, as an individual, force you down the path that he has for your life. He will not do it. He gave you a free will. When he gave man a free will, he gave you the right to make those decisions. If we were not a free will moral agent, and therefore just robots, then clearly God would be the one directing our steps and causing us to do all that we do. We know that's not true. We know that clearly Scripture teaches us as though there are false teachings in the body of Christ. Well, God's sovereign. Whatever happens, you know, God had a reason for it in your life. That's not true. That is not true. Because the truth is, you, as the Bible says in the New Testament, reap what you sow. Whatever you sow, that you're going to reap. You and I have the ability to walk in this plan of God, walk out what God has for us, walk in the very purpose of what he has daily, not missing out on what he wants us to do, where he wants us to go, or we can miss out. I mean, it can be something as insignificant in some ways, although maybe not insignificant for everybody based on your job, but I just mean in the light of aspects of things that are far more detrimental, it could be as insignificant as you make it to work on time, everybody else did not because you heard the Holy Ghost and he told you don't go that way today, go this way. And you get to work and everybody else is an hour late. Say, so how did you get here on time? Holy Spirit. You didn't know about the wreck? No. Holy Spirit just told me to go a different way today, so I went a different way. If you don't think God doesn't want to lead you like that, I'll tell you, you don't know this Bible very well because he wants to lead you in everything you do in your life. He wants to lead you in every decision you make. He wants to lead you in every aspect of what you do with your hands, putting your, what you put your hands to, what you actually have coming out your mouth, etc., etc., etc. God has no problem, again, speaking to us. He's an intelligent being. And I'm going to show you through this series, a lot of times we don't realize how we get caught up 
in religious exercises, crying out to God, said, Oh, God, speak to me. God, reveal this to me. How many have ever done that? Oh, God, show me. God, show me what I need to do. God, help me to know what I need to do. God, help me know what I'm supposed to accomplish in relating to this. How am I supposed to do that? How's that? See, you're calling out to God, saying, God, help me. God, show me. God, do all these things. Is not how you approach God to hear from God. God has no problem talking to you. What you got to do is learn to tune into him. You got to learn to be able to do what? Hear his voice. And his sheep have the God-given ability to hear his voice. In John chapter 10, we're going to pick it up in verse 22. In John chapter 10 and verse 22, Jesus here, after talking about finding your own shepherd under in the context of a church that he would provide for you, he then begins to talk about after that that he is truly the ultimate good shepherd. The Bible doesn't call me the good shepherd, just calls me a shepherd. I'm not trying to take the place of, of Jesus in your life. I'm trying to help you follow the good shepherd. But he begins to talk about that in verse 14, that he's the good shepherd. That Clearly right before that he talks about the fact that there are shepherds in the earth that are hirelings. That when the time gets tough and trouble comes, they run. But a true shepherd will never run. He'll never run from God's call in his life. What God's called him to do. But I like the fact that he starts talking about now, beyond our shepherd in the earth, our shepherd with, uh, with Jesus, our good shepherd in heaven, and how he shepherds us. And in verse 22, he says, or relating to uh, uh, what was going on at the time of the feast here, the feast of dedication, it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem at this time, and it was also winter, winter time. Jesus had walked into the temple in Solomon's porch. The Jews surrounded him. They said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Well, he'd already told them over and over again. Jesus answered, I told you. I told you, you don't believe. So he's referring specifically here in these set of verses to the Jews that did not believe in him. Said they did not believe in him. Because I want you to hear clearly what he's about to say. He's not saying this to you upcoming here in just a minute. He's saying this to these Jews who did not believe him. Notice this. Again, he, 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 they said, how long will you uh, keep us in suspense and doubt? You tell us plainly, are you the Christ? 25, Jesus answered, I told you, you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Look at verse 26. But you do not believe because you are not what? You are not of my sheep, as I said to you. Now, they could be, but they're not because why? They didn't believe in him. So that's not you. You put your faith in him. You believed in him. So he tells them, you're not my sheep because what? You don't believe in me. You don't believe I'm the Son of God. You don't believe I'm the Christ, the Messiah, the Deliverer. But do you believe he is? I said, do you believe he is? So that makes a difference for you. Look at verse 27. My sheep, that's those who believe in him. My sheep hear my voice. Say it. My sheep hear. Say it this way. His sheep hear his voice. Notice this. And I know them. I know them. Now, this, this is a key to developing intimacy with the Lord. You're not going to develop intimacy with the Lord without hearing his voice. Because the phrase, I know him here, means I have an intimate relationship with that person, with that individual. I know him. Listen, and they do what? What do they do? So understand this. Now, a lot of believers, you know, a lot of believers say, well, I believe in Jesus, so I'm one of his sheep. You are in the flock of God, no doubt. But this phrase is saying that the true sheep of God do what? They follow him. You know, there's believers that don't. So relating to me and you in this verse, the sheep that hear his voice are the ones who do what? They want to hear from him 
and they want to follow him. You, can, I, can I make it a little simpler to you? They're not going after what they want. They're finding out what he wants and they're going after what he wants. They're not trying to live life on their terms. They're not trying to live out what they desire. They're looking to Jesus. You're my Lord now. You're my Lord. I'm your sheep. I'm here to hear from you. What do you want? What do you want of my life? That's the sheep here. That's the sheep. Those sheep hear his voice. You know why? Because he knows they want to walk out what he has planned for their life. Notice this, verse 28. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Now realize, a lot of people take this verse 28 to say, see, once you're saved, you're always saved. Now, what the powerful part about this verse is, what this is actually saying is, nobody can take your salvation from you. Nobody can lead you away from Jesus if you don't let them. So nobody can snatch you out of his hand. But he did not say here you could not turn your back on him and walk away. Say, I'm not doing that. So in relationship to scripture, there's all kinds of scripture that says you can deny him. You could. You can choose to deny him. You can choose to walk away. So an individual could walk away, but guess what nobody can do? They can't take your salvation from you. Now, that's important to understand even as it relates to the devil. Because the devil tries to convince Christians that he can affect your life and do things in their life and make things happen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, he can't. No more than he can snatch you out of God's hand. He can't do anything unless he can do what? Deceive you. Get your attention. Mislead you. Get you to believe what he says. Get you to believe what he wants you to believe. Do what he wants you to do. But thank God he can't just take control of our life. If he could, he'd be controlling every person on the planet, including every believer. Verse 29, my father who has given them to me, his sheep, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So our foundation verse for this entire series is John 10, 27. His sheep hear his voice and he therefore knows them intimately and they therefore follow him. They follow him. So if you believe in him, you're on the road to being one of his sheep. You have become part of his flock, and therefore you have been given God the ability to hear from heaven and to be able to know his voice. Could I get a better amen? amen. So the word sheep here specifically, uh, for those of you that are note takers and want this kind of information, the word sheep here defined in the Greek language says it this way. This word sheep means those who are, who are under the care of the good shepherd. It's exactly what it says. If you look up that word, it says those who are, are under the care of the good shepherd. If you're born again, are you just automatically under the care of the good shepherd? No, because you could rebel. Sure. You could be a backslider. Right. You could choose to ignore him. You could choose to refuse to do what he's telling you to do. Well, that's like a parent. You know, if a parent raises a child and as they get older and become an adult, go off on their own and all of a sudden their parent's still trying to help them in some areas of their life or maybe they might do things that are truly hurtful and the parent's trying to help them in some way to still care for them as a parent because you never stop being a parent. You never not. I mean, obviously they've got to make decisions on their own. That's not what I mean. But you're still their mom or dad. So in relationship to that person, what if they choose to not listen to you? What if they choose to ignore you? They're not under your care. They're not receiving your care, your love for them, your care for them. Well, guess what? You can be born again and not be under the care of Jesus. There are Christians, sadly, that are born again that, under, that aren't under his care. But we should want to be. We should want to be. So what is a sheep again? A sheep is one who is under the care of the good shepherd. Question, how do I get under the care of the good shepherd? Not hard. Read the verse. 
How do I get under the care of the good shepherd? How do I get under the care of the good shepherd? Hear his voice. Do what he says. That's it. That's it. There's only one way you as a believer cannot succeed in this life. There's only one way you as a believer can fail and not walk out an aspect of victory in any area of your life. There's only one way that's possible. Only one way. One way. All right? That one way has two elements to it. One, you haven't heard from God. If you don't know what he wants, you can't succeed because his plans are never failure. As you're about to see. You listening? So the only way that this is true is I am I'm ignorant of what he is wanting me to do. I've not heard his voice or I'm not doing what he told me. As long as I hear and obey, say hear and obey. As long as I hear and obey from God, guess what? There's no way to fail. There's no way not to succeed in anything you do. Raising your children. Well, I don't know what to do with this child. God does. God knows that child better than you do. They came from him. And if you'll listen to him, he'll tell you exactly how to deal with the situation. He'll tell you exactly what to do. Because how many of you know this, parents, that all your kids aren't the same? We operate by the same principles of the Bible, but how that's applied is individually different for every every individual based on how you're going to help them walk that out. People see things differently. People understand things differently. You can't put every child under one category of one type of way to deal with every child because they're all different, just like you and I are different. Can I get a better amen? So, guess what you and I got to learn to do? Hear his voice, obey it. Hear his voice, obey it. I would tell you that if you're going to get in the position to hear his voice, guess what you ought to do? Obey it. Because it's going to lead you into victory. Can I get a better amen? So, the only way I cannot succeed in life and what I'm doing. Now, success in the eyes of God, as we'll see through this series, is not what we always think of of success. Now, I don't mean that means hardship for you and all kinds of difficulties and never seeing anything of an aspect of, it, of what you go through in your life work. That's not what I'm saying. But how I many you know Paul was a perfect success? And yet Paul got arrested. Come on, he got beaten, right? He got whipped. So did Peter, as we're going to see tonight. So that doesn't mean that they weren't successful. They were preaching the gospel. They were doing exactly what God told them to do. But you know what God did in every one of those situations? You know what Paul said? He delivered me. He delivered me. Amen. Could I get a better amen? amen? He didn't stop him from going through what he went through. He brought him through it. He brought him through it successfully. Could I get a better amen? amen? God didn't cause the persecution. The devil did. God brought him through it victorious. Like a better amen than that. So if you don't want to fail in life, anybody here not want to fail in life? If you don't want to fail in life, guess what you need to do? Hear God's voice and obey him. Hear God's voice and obey Him. Go to, uh, go with me if you would to Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. Now I'm going to give you this multiple times, not this verse. I'm going to give you this key thing here. I'm going to say it in just a minute. Multiple times throughout this series and you're going to want to remember it. How, pastor, do we hear God's voice? All you got to remember as it relates to that is two things. You ready? The Word and the witness. The Word and the witness. How do I hear God's voice? The word and the witness. That's it. As a New Testament believer, that is the way God leads you. How do I hear from him? The word, say it, and the witness. See, you're always going to recognize God speaking to you because it's always going to come through one of two ways. It's going to come through the word of God or through the witness of God. 
That's how he leads us. No other way. I want you to understand this right now. We'll get into this more next week. Ray will be here Sunday, so we'll come pick this back up next Wednesday night. Most Christians want to be led by God every other way than what God says he leads you. You listening? Now, we'll go into these in detail. I'll show you these in detail. All right? Quit asking God to open a door to lead you. Quit asking God to close a door to lead you. Question, if we say, okay, God, if you open this door, I know it's you, I'll walk through it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's the door? Where's the door you're, you're saying if he opens it, you'll know it's God's will and you're therefore walking through it. How, where's the door? It's in this world. Who's the God of this world? 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Satan is. Guess what Satan can do? Open and close doors. See, we, don't get, we are not led by open and closed doors. That is not New Testament. We're not opened by any, uh, excuse me, we're not led by anything of the natural. We are not to say, okay, God, I need an answer on this. I'm going to sit here and look out my window, and I'm going to wait and watch out my window, and if six black cars drive by in the next half hour, I'm going to know this is you. That is not how God leads. That's not how he leads. He leads us how? Through the word and through the witness. And a witness is inner. The spirit inner witness, we're going to talk about it, not an outer witness. God's a spirit. He doesn't deal with you from an outer perspective. He deals with your inner spirit man. The great part about it is, how many of you know you can listen to God speak to you every day? How many of you know that? Do you know that? You know the easiest way to do it? Open the word. Open the, God's talking to you every day. You open the Bible. Every day. I opened my Bible this morning. God talked to me. God started talking to me. So I want you to see this in Proverbs 19. This is so vital to understand. I got to get this point across to you tonight. If I don't get anything else across to you tonight, I got to really drill this point across to you tonight about this aspect of what we got to look at in our life. Proverbs 19, 21. If you're there, say amen. amen. There are. Not there might be. There are many plans in a man's heart. How many plans are in your heart? Thank you, Donna. How many plans are in your heart? Do you believe the Bible? Yes. Mankind. Man, you're, you're part of mankind. You part of mankind? Yes. If you don't know that, we'll, we'll pray for you, help you understand. You know, you are part of mankind. No, you don't get to choose to not be part of mankind. God chose for you to be part of mankind. There are many what? Plans. In what? Plans. Now, the term heart here, and you've got to understand this about the Bible. You've got to understand when you look at anything relating to the heart, you've got to look that up to find out, is that referring to my spirit man or is that referring to my soul? Because sometimes the term heart means the center of, but it can refer to the center of your entire being, or it can center on the aspect of your intellect. So if it's the center of my intellect, where's that? My soul. If it does not talk about the center of my intellect, it talks about the center of my being. That's my spirit. This is your soul here. The word that's used here in reference to this context of the heart is talking about your soul. It's talking about your intellect. So there's many plans in your soul. Every one of you got lots of them. Thus saith the Bible. Thus saith God. I believe God. Do you believe God? Notice this. There are many plans in a man's heart. Watch this. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel. Say the Lord's counsel. That might work once in a while. (laughs) That will what? The word stand means it will be accomplished. It will come to pass. It will happen. So the term counsel here actually refers in aspect to what not only would be considered God's plans, but the word is kind of more definitive. It, it actually is the word intentions. God has an intention for your life. 
God has an intention for you on the way home. God has an intention for you when you wake up tomorrow. God has intentions for you. So if you want to say plans, if that's easier for you to remember, kind of the same thing. But the intention thing means he's more intentional about it. Meaning what? He's specific. He's not generic. He's got intentional plans for every one of us. Every one of us. Every day. Every single day. God's an intentional God. God sent Jesus to die for us intentionally. And therefore, God does what? He has intentional plans for your life. What is it that's going to stand? The word stand here means that it will be fulfilled. It will come to pass. It will succeed. It will accomplish. So what will? What will actually succeed? What will accomplish? What it needs to do? What will actually cause me to be a victorious believer in the context of me walking out my life in this time that I'm living? I must get the Lord's counsel. I must have his plan. I must have his intention. Now think about this. In the midst of that, realize that as you might think that you really truly do want God's plan, guess what's already going through your soul? A lot of plans. And guess how many of those plans sometimes people get caught up with thinking surely it's God's plan. There's different reasons why people would think this plan that I know and I have, they're going to say in their heart or within me, I know it's God and here's why they're going to say it's God. You know why? Because I like doing it. It brings great fulfillment to my life. I'm very gifted at this. Let me help you. I'm gifted at a lot of things, but I'm not called to do all those things. You listening? Just the fact that you have God's, God's DNA in you, you have a lot of capabilities, a lot of gifts, but that don't mean God called you to do all those things. I can build websites. You know what God has not called me to do full-time? Build websites. Matter of fact, I built too many, and he said, I didn't tell you to build all those. And it took me away from what I was called to do. <clears throat> so I want you to hear me. It's easy for us to think, I'm good at this. I like doing this. I want to do this. Therefore, why would I not do it? Because clearly if I want to do it, I'm good at it, and I like doing it, then that's got to be God. That's got to be God. Now, wait a minute. You don't base what is God's plan or intention for you on whether you're good at it, whether you like it. Come on, and you're capable of doing it. There ain't no verse for that. They know verse that says because you're gifted at something and therefore you want to do it and you're good at it, that must be God's will. That is not how you and I follow the leading of the Lord. How do we follow the leading of the Lord? The Word and the... So you got to first of all find out what the Holy Spirit has given you as a witness as to what you're supposed to do. If I would have followed out what I wanted to follow out in my life that I like doing, that I got pretty good at, I would have never become a pastor. Do you know that God's will for me to become a pastor was not what I wanted to do? Do you know it was the last thing in the world I saw myself doing? And see, that's the problem. Because a lot of people don't go by the witness. They're going by what actually is going on in the natural. By what they're capable of doing. What they like doing. What they feel gifted to do. Do you know that God a lot of times will call you to do stuff that you aren't really good at in the sense of the natural of what you don't like doing? You know what I did not like to do? I didn't like to get up in front of people and talk. I did not lie. I was very uncomfortable getting up in front of people and talking. When, when Jeff Copenhaver, even back to when Coy called me to come up and give a testimony at that first church service that I was at with him, when all of a sudden they wanted me to get up in front of people and speak, I did not. I hated it. 
You listening to me? I hate it. You what? I, I felt so uncomfortable. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. But you know what? You got to be careful because something that you truly are pushing against could be God's plan. How do you know? It ain't based on whether somebody just asked you to do it or not. You got to find out, do I have a witness? Do I have a witness? How does God lead you? The word and the witness. So we obviously know he's never going to lead us to do something in the natural that the word doesn't back up. Right? He's not going to call you to be obviously somebody who runs a gang or something like that. You know, or, or, or gets into the, into the world, you know, of all the aspect of what's wrong illegally out there and say, no big deal because God called me. I'm good at, at taking advantage of people and bringing money into the kingdom. No, he wouldn't be doing that. I said he wouldn't be doing that. Like working for the mafia or something, you know. But understand, guys, this is important. I want you to get it. You have many plans. You need to resolve this in your, in your understanding as a believer. I have many plans in my soul. Thus saith the Bible. None of those may be of God. Are you listening? I can assure you this. If they're your plans, they're not of God. They're not of God. Well, God gave me the plan. Whoa, 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 whoa. Then it's not your plan. You listening? See, if Bill and I, this guy, man, he can build stuff. If Bill and I sat down and we had an idea to build something, right? And I said, okay, Bill, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You sit down, you work on your plan, you draft your plan. We know the ultimate, like, end goal of what we're going to build. I said, okay, you draft your plan, and I'm going to draft mine. This is what we're going to build, right? How many know he's going to come up with some different ideas with his own way of thinking of the plans of how to build that as opposed to how I'm going to? I guarantee you they're not going to be identical. You listening? Why? He's got plans in his heart. I got plans in mine. Are you listening? You got to understand that if that is his plan, that's not mine. You listening? If we look at his plan, well, here's my plan, Pastor. Well, guess what? That ain't. That ain't my plan. That was his. Come on. If I take my plan and say, we're going by my plan, guess what? That's my plan. That's not. Ladies and gentlemen, you have many plans in your heart. Those are your plans. Those aren't God's. Read it again. There are many plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's plans, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. What do I need to find out? What is the Lord's plan? What's his intention for me today? What's his intention for me tomorrow? What's his intention for me a week from now? What's his intention for my life as a whole? What do I need to be, what do I need to be pursuing? Well, I don't know. Well, you're going to learn how to find out in this series. Because his sheep hear his voice. Now, listen, the only reason that you would not wind up walking out what God's trying to speak to you is because you really don't want to follow him and what he has for your life. I wanted so much to just know what he wanted for my life, what he wanted me to do. Now, listen, I'm, I thought I had a pretty good plan. I think of Brother Hagin. I think about this as well with Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin knew he was called to the ministry. He actually already was in ministry. He was living actually here in Garland, Texas, and he already had a plan to buy the house that they were living in. As they were renting it, they were going to buy this home, talk to the owner. They were going to turn it into their offices, and that was going to be their headquarters that they were going to headquarter out of, and he would travel and minister. But all of a sudden, he goes to a meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
And while he's in that meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, one of the gentlemen that he knows there that was a partner of his that was connected with his ministry that would help him, he said, you know what, Brother Hagin, I don't know why, but I just keep feeling like God wants you in Tulsa. No, we're staying in Garland. Got a good plan. Come on. We got a good plan. Me and Aretha, we got, a good, we got it all planned out. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You got it planned out. You know what that is? That's your plan. Guess what that isn't? Help me preach tonight, church. That ain't God's plan. I, if, if you don't get this point, you're going to miss out on a lot of what God has. You cannot look at your plans and say that's God's. No, it ain't. If you're looking at your plan, guess what it ain't? It ain't God's. It's yours. And God said you got many of those in your heart. That aren't what? God's plan. They're not God's plan. They're just abilities of what we know, of things we think about, stuff we could do, etc., in relationship to life. But that's not what we go by. We go by God's plan. If we want to do what? Stand. If we want to succeed. So he begins to talk to him about it. He said, Brother Hagin, I'm serious, man. And sometimes God's got to use people to nudge you a little bit, right? Just for a minute, I want you to come and take a look at some property. No, before the property deal, let me back up. There's an office here. There's an office here in Tulsa, and it was actually a very famous minister who had moved out of that office and moved all this stuff to Osborne, and he said, literally, he's trying to sell it. They can't get it sold, and he's willing just to sell it for what he's got into it. I think it'd be a great deal for your ministry. No, we're going to live in Garland. Got our plan. Got our plan. Got our plan. Nope, got a, got a good plan. We already got the home lined out to buy it. Got our plan. We already got this. But he said, you know what? He said, me and Aretha started heading home. And guess what happened? All of a sudden, the witness began to speak up. Amen. And all of a sudden, he started thinking more about Tulsa. He thought, man, is this you, Lord? Because you know what he hadn't done? You know what he hadn't done? God, what's your plan for where you want my ministry headquartered? He was going by where he was living. I live in Garland. So you know what he had, had not done? You know what he had not taken time to do about that? God, where do you want my headquarters? Where do you want me planted? No, he's just thinking we live in Garland's where we're at. Home's available. We can buy it, right? I've been traveling from here all these years already. So we can just position ourselves in Garland, stay right here. We got family here. See, how many times do people miss out on God because they don't even realize it? They don't even realize it. They're going by their plan. Guess what your plan isn't? It's not God's plan. It's your plan. Guess what you got to know. Come on. Guess what you got to know. Am I getting through this to anybody? You got to know God's plan. You got to realize your plan ain't his. The example I gave of me and Bill. If we go by Bill's plan, guess guess whose plan we ain't going by? We ain't going by mine. We might might actually get the same thing similar to Bill, but there's going to be some differences because we're not going by my plan. We're going by his plan. You're still here i got to know God's plan. That's what will stand. That's what will succeed. So they came back. And when they came back, they said, let's go look at those offices. So the brother took them down there. He said, the moment we walked in the door of those offices, he said, I knew it. I had the witness. I had the co-witness in my spirit. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's like, this is it. That's where you're supposed to be. That's what brought him to Tulsa. And after they got their offices there, they began to look for property. He kept telling the same guy, kept telling about property out where they're at now. There wasn't nothing out there. 
Nothing. It was just totally vacant, man. Nothing around. And he said, no. Nah. He said, we're going, we're going to stay in this area. He said, I'm telling you, just come look at this property. So they eventually did. He said, the moment me and Aretha walked on that, the moment we stepped foot on that property, we looked at each other and said, this is it. Had the witness. Guess whose plan they got now? And God's plan always stands. Say this. I don't want my plan. My plan is not God's plan. You know what most sadly... Because they don't know this. They don't know this verse. You know what most Christians are living out? Their plan. You know what they've never heard? God's plan. You saying God can't bless me? Oh, he'll do everything he can to. He's a, he loves you. He'll do everything he can to help you. But you're not going to walk in ultimate success. Ultimate victory of what God has for your life. Without doing what? Getting God's plan. You don't get in God's plan. You're not going to see everything God wants to have happen in your life. Do I have anybody's attention tonight? So you got to understand this. It's God's purpose for us when followed that will cause us to succeed. It's when God's purpose for us is followed, when we know His purpose, when we know His intention, His plan, and we follow it. We can't just know it. we got to do what? we got to follow it. But if we know what it is and we follow it, guess what's going to happen? We're going to succeed. We're going to succeed. Now, success again, you can't look at it just in numbers or size or all those kind of things. Philip stood out in the desert, won one person to the Lord, and wound up changing a whole nation. Why? He got God's plan. So you can never look at success from your eyes. Again, that's you looking at it through man's view, not God's. If you want to know success in God's eyes, what is success in God's eyes? I did what God told me to do. You... Or a perfect success. If you did what God told you to do in any aspect of your life, guess what you were? A complete success. Yeah, but I did and these things didn't turn out the way I thought. I'm going to show you why. I'm going to show you why. Go to Isaiah 55. You still with me? Say, my plans are not God's. And you know, sadly again, guess what? Most Christians are going by what? Their plan. They think it's a good one. Just like Brother Hagin. Just like Brother Hagin said, thank God for that dear brother that was a part of my uh, board, who's a part of my leadership, that he spoke up and he would not let that go. And he kept pushing me to come and check out that building. He said, I had a plan. I had a plan. It was a good one. I had it all worked out. Thought I knew exactly what I was going to do. Well, guess what? I had a plan for my life. I had a plan. I had it all worked out. Thought I knew exactly what I was going to do. But you know what? God had a different plan. Because if I was going by my plan, whose plan was I not going by? If I did not know, and again, sad to say, a lot of Christians, based whether they're in God's plan, based on where they live, based on their gifts, their talents, their abilities, their family, all these things, that are all what? They're all of the actual aspect of natural life. God gave you natural gifts and abilities. Those don't determine the ultimate desire of what God has for your life to fulfill your plan. You got to find out his plan. You got to know what he wants you to do. I get a better amen. amen. And if you do, guess what? You're not just going to succeed. You're going to get to know him even more intimately than you've ever known him before. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Don't know about you, but I, like Brother Hagin, am going to do everything I can from now till the trumpet blows or I go to be with him to get as accurate as I can and being, being obedient to the leading of God, walking in the plan of God. That's what's going to succeed. I hope I have time. I probably won't tonight. There's so many different times that I did not pay attention to that witness. I did not listen to it. I made the decision anyway, and it was a wrong decision. Thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. Thank God for heaven's help. You listening? 
It didn't mean it didn't cause some hard times, some hard challenges, because it did. Decisions can still cost you. But God, thank you, Jesus, can help you get out of them. But you don't want to keep making those mistakes. Isaiah 55 is a powerful chapter. You ought to read the whole thing. It's talking about our salvation, talking about the abundant life he comes to offer, referring to what would happen when Jesus came and gave us salvation. In relationship to that, it not only refers to us being born again, it also refers to us walking out what he has for us as God's children. Because he doesn't want us just born again, right? He has a plan. Say he has a plan. So he doesn't just want us born again. He wants us living out that plan. How many want to walk out that plan? Isaiah 55, 6, notice this. In relationship to salvation, he's referring here to when Jesus would be available after he had died and been raised from the dead. He says here in verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. So this is talking about salvation. In the time that you have available to you on the planet, once Jesus dies, raised from the dead, you need to be sure and seek him while he can be found. Because guess what? Once he has come back, raptured the church, seven years tribulation's over, we come back, thousand year millennial reign. After that, there ain't no opportunity. So you got to seek him while he may be found. Say, I already have. Notice this, call upon him while he is near. You've called upon him. If you're born again, you've done that. He drew near to you. He made himself, he, he made himself aware uh, excuse me, he made you aware of himself, and therefore you did what? You called upon him. Right. Verse 7, let the wicked therefore do what? Forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him do what? Return to the Lord. He will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will do what? Abundantly. Tell me out loud, please. Abundantly. Say, he has. He has. Abundantly. Abundantly. Pardon me. Pardon yeah, see, salvation is an abundant pardon. Amen. He wiped away all your sin, forgave you of everything. Amen. Aren't you glad? Amen. Now notice the next statement here. For, for, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Say, I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Just like I have plans. The word thoughts here actually is the same word for plans. Because if you think about thoughts, what are you really doing? You're planning stuff. If you're thinking stuff out, you're planning stuff. The phrase here is, the, 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 excuse me, the extra Greek word here is the same word for plans. So again, referring back to what we just referred to in Proverbs 19, here's another verse that confirms the exact same thing. My, we're going to say it this way as it's defined in the Hebrew, plans are not what? Your plans. So if I don't have God's plan, I have my plan. Guess what I don't have? His plan. I have mine. His plans are not my plans. Notice this. Nor are your ways my ways. I have my way, and then there's the Lord's way. I have my plan, then there's the Lord's plan. But if I'm going by my plan, I'm not going by the Lord's plan. If I'm going by my way, I'm not going by the Lord's way. I'm going by my way. And there's many plans in my heart. There's many plans in my soul just like there is yours. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, just as the heavens, now this is referring to the third heaven, where God's at. There's three heavens. This is referring to the third heaven. There's the initial uh, earthly heavens that are right here above this earth. There is what's known as the stellar heavens, where we see all the different stars and planets and all that above us. But guess what's beyond that? The third heaven, where God's at. We can't see that from here. We are going to see it. <laughs> we are going to see it. You listening? So this is the one he's talking about. The heavens here is that third heaven. How high is it? You can't even see it. I mean, it's light years away, scientifically. But notice this. As the heavens are higher than the earth, listen, listen, so my ways higher than your ways. If I go my way, I'm going the low road. That's right. That's good. Come on. 
If I go my way, I'm going the low road. If I go God's way, I'm going the high road. Which road do you want to get on? You can't do that if you don't know his plan. If you're working your plan and it ain't God's. Some people got things they need to get rid of. You know why they don't? Because they're going by their plan. Some people got things they need to add to their life, but they don't. You know why? Because they're going by their plan. It don't mean they're living in some horrible sin. They're just simply doing what they think is right. And if you're doing what you think is right based on what your plan is, guess whose plan you're not walking in? I'm going to keep making that point all night. If you're walking in your plan, guess whose plan you're not walking in? Because your plan ain't God's. Your ways aren't God's. And as the, high, the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my what? Thoughts, plans, intents, purposes, so are my purposes than your purposes. Verse 10, for as the rain that comes down and snow from heaven, and do not return there, the same way in the natural context of rain and snow, I mean, we need some rain in Texas, as this natural rain or snow comes down from the heavens above us, and it doesn't go back up, doesn't return there, what does it do? It waters the earth. And it therefore does what? It makes it bring forth in bud. It starts causing it to become what we would say prosperous, successful. That it may do what? That it may give what? Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God's saying everything in this earth that's functioning in this earth was designed to help you. Was designed to take care of you. Wait a minute. Watch this. Watch this. In the same manner that happens within the earth cycle within the earth. Verse 11. So shall my Word be that goes forth from my mouth. What will happen? It shall not return to me void. Void here means useless. That it basically has no use, no, no purpose. Doesn't accomplish its goal. And God's saying that my word that goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me without accomplishing, it goal, without accomplishing its goal because it shall do what? Accomplish what I please. And it shall do what? Tell me it shall... Come on, it shall what? Prosper. Prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Yes. We're going to back up to that verse. Verse 12, for you shall go out with what? Joy. When you got God's plan, yes. you're not depressed. Yes. You're not frustrated. No. You're not worried. Because you know whose plan you got? Yes. You know, let me back up. You know whose plan you know you got? Yes. If you know you got God's plan, how do you know you got God's plan? Joy starts rising up within you. The witness. And notice this. You'll be led out with what? So there's that inner witness. When I get in God's plan, guess what? Joy is going to rise from within me. Peace is going to rise from within me. Not joy in my soul. This is coming up out of my spirit. Can I get a better amen? And the mountains and the hills shall break forth in singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Now back to verse 11. His word goes forth out of his mouth. What is his word as it relates to our daily life? You ready? His intention. His plan for you. And I'm not just talking about the written word. I'm talking about even the witness of the word in your heart. I'm talking about the witness of what God's trying to speak to your heart. How does God lead me? Through the word and the witness. And both of them are based on what? What he is saying to me. 
what he's declaring to me. If I take that word and I receive it as his plan for me, his intention for me, and I honor that word and I obey that word, guess what that word doesn't do? It doesn't return to him void. You listening? His word now accomplishes the purpose for which it's sent. When God speaks to you, you hear his voice, you do what he says, his word now accomplishes the purpose of why he spoke to you to begin with, which is to do what? Cause you to succeed. To cause you to accomplish what he, he, desi he desired and destined for you to accomplish. Amen. Read it again. So my word will be goes forth my, my mouth. It shall not return to me useless and void. It will accomplish what I please and it shall prosper, succeed. If I have God's plan, guess what I can't do? I can't fail. If I have God's plan, guess what I'm on the course of? Success. I'm on the course. The word prosper there means to succeed. Hallelujah. Think about how many Christians are not on the road to success. Why are they not? Because they don't want to be? No. They're just carrying out what? Their plan. Whose plan are they not walking in if they're walking in their plan? Yeah, you're getting it. Becky's getting it. If you're not walking out your plan, whose plan are you walking out? Walking out God's. If you're walking out God's plan, guess whose plan you're not walking out? Yours. But if you're walking in your plan, guess whose plan you're not walking in? It's one or the other. And we can go through all this stuff of saying, well, I believe I'm in God's plan. I believe I know I'm doing what God called me. Because why? God gifted me. God called me. God gave me this. God gave me that. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not saying some of that may not be true. But you know without a doubt that the word backs it up and you got a witness. Because you know how many Christians are doing stuff they don't have a witness for? They're wanting to do what they want to do. They're wanting to do what makes them feel good, what makes them feel like they're a success, what makes them feel like they've accomplished what is obviously in some cases even something good for God. But you know what? You could do something good for God and not be God. You listening? You could be trying to do something good for God. I built a lot of websites for a lot of ministries. You know why? I wanted to do something good for God. But you know what? It wasn't God. It wasn't God. It just consumed more of my time to take me away from the plan God had for me. You're saying you didn't accomplish anything by that? Oh, I accomplished some stuff by that, but not the ultimate will of God. Why? I wasn't walking out His plan. See, I never took time before I would meet these ministers at meetings and we would get to talking and they would bring up websites and I'd say, well, what's your web address? They didn't know I built websites. I'd look at it and go, wow, that's pretty pitiful. <laughs> I never took a moment to ask God, Do you, is this your plan? Do you want me to build it? Do you want me to build a site? I never did that. You know what I did? I just immediately, because it was a work for God. How'd you like me to build your website? Guess what? That never was God's plan. But wasn't it a work for God? Yeah, but it wasn't God's plan. You could be even doing what you think is a work for God, but guess what? It may not be God's plan. Let me give you some insight here on some things that are critical. So thoughts here in these verses down here in verse 8 and 9, primarily 8, because then in verse 9 he talks about ways. Thoughts in verse 8, ways in verse 9. You ready for this? So the word thoughts there means plans or intentions. Your, uh, excuse me, for my plans or intentions are not your plans or intentions. If I'm living out my intention, my intention or plan, I'm not living out his. 
nor are my ways. The word ways in verse 8 and then the word ways in verse 9 means journey. Refers to a journey. You have a thought, you have a plan, then guess what you do? Then you actually go on a journey. Well, if I start off with a wrong plan, guess what journey I'm not on? God's. Think about that. I had a thought, I had a plan. Maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that. Okay, I really think that's what I should do. And I then have to do what to actually bring that to pass? I got to go on a journey. I got to now step out ways, go on a journey to accomplish that. Guess, who, guess whose journey path I'm not on? God's. I'm on mine. Because it wasn't his plan. I didn't have it from the word. I didn't have a witness. Think about how many people go into ministry who literally either don't have a witness by the Holy Spirit and or a witness of leadership above them, which is the Bible. That's going by the word. Because the word's clear, man. If the, if the word's without a doubt 100% on this, if you're called the fivefold ministry, you should know it, but so should leadership above you. <clears throat> the reason so many people get in trouble in ministry is because they don't want anybody over them. They want to do what they want to do. The reason they don't want anybody over them is because if they get around leadership over them that don't have the witness that the, of what they want to do, they're not going to tell them what they want to hear. You're interrupting what I want to do. You're, interrupt, they don't, they, you're interrupting what I believe God wants me to do. And see, this is why leadership is so critical in your life when it comes to ministry. I'm talking about ministry. Full, full-time ministry. Because the protective factor all through the book of Acts that kept people in line with their calling was other full-time ministers around them confirming their call. Paul didn't go out on his own because God called him. How I many already had a witness? Yeah. He even had an experience on Damascus Road. Correct? Yeah. But when did Paul really step out in an essence of what was the acknowledgement of his apostolic ministry? When God spoke to Peter and the rest of the apostles and said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the work I've called them to. He'd already been preaching, but it was then God spoke to Peter and the other leadership to say, now you set them apart for what I have called them to do. Can I get a better amen? So he already had the witness in his spirit, but guess what he had now? Confirmation, biblically from the word, with leadership to say, you're on the right track, Paul. Time to go do what God called you to do. I don't want to do ministry without leadership in my life. I have told my pastor early on, man, when we got connected with Dr. Barclay, there was like two times in my life, I've I've said it more than that, probably about four or five, but there was like two times in my life. One time, I called him up. We're living in Keller, man. And I called him up and I said, Pastor, I'm telling you right now, I'm holding you accountable. <laughs> I didn't speak disrespectful. I was, he's a man of God. I'm holding you accountable as a man of God, as a prophet of God, as my pastor, that this is not what I believe I'm supposed to do. I would like to come. I would like to come and come to Midland, Michigan and be submitted to you and work alongside in the ministry. Whatever you need me to do, wash toilet. I don't care. I just want to come there and work for you. Be a part of you. You're still my pastor. But I need to know for sure if this is what I'm called to do. He said, here's the deal. He said, you could come. At one time, when Ray was stepping down, I called Pastor and I said, because he said, do you guys know anybody? Because we're not really for sure we're going to find anybody in our ministry for this position. I said, well, I know I would like to do it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing that. He said, but you know, if you did it, you'd be out of the will of God. That puts me out of the will of God. And then we'd both be out of the will of God. Amen. Amen. But as an individual, as it relates to your personal life, what you got to get good at? The word and the witness. Amen. 
Say it, the word and the witness. So you and I got to learn, if I'm walking out my ways, whose ways, plans, whose plan am I not walking out? I want you to go this. Go to Acts chapter 5. If I am not walking in God's plan uh, for my life, then guess whose plan I am walking in? Mine. If I'm walking in my plan, guess whose plan I'm not walking in? God's. You can't, there's no in-between ground. You, you are either, you, you are at this moment, think about this. Take a moment to think about this. You are at this moment walking out your plans or walking out God's. At this very moment. Because you can't do both. Now, in different aspects of your life, you might be walking out God's plan in one area and then still walking out your plan in another. Think about marriage. You want to make marriage work? You can do it your way or you can do it God's way. If you do it your way, it's not God's plan. Guess what it won't do? Succeed. You got to do it his way. You know what? Doing his way, marriage, guess what? When you start trying to do God's way in marriage, it ain't easy. So everybody thinks it will be. But it ain't. I said it ain't. You know why? Got to die to self. Come on. Got to forgive. Got to walk in love. That ain't easy. That ain't easy when you're getting the carnal flesh all the time, getting mad at each other. Come on, somebody. See, everybody thinks God's way is a breeze. It's a dream. It's easy to walk out. No, it'll be challenging to your flesh. But you know what? It's the best way. You know why? You'll succeed. Say, God's plan always succeeds. Acts chapter 5. I'm going to refer to this in just closing. I'm going to come back because I don't have time. But let me encourage you. Let me give you a homework assignment. Can I give you a homework assignment? Read the whole chapter. Read the whole chapter of Acts chapter 5. Because Acts chapter 5 here is referring to what happened. Remember, remember Peter and John had performed that miracle at the gate beautiful? And the guy got healed. What happened after that? They got arrested. They got mad at him for healing a man. Because they were acknowledging Jesus. They were preaching Jesus. So they arrested him. And after they arrested him and they had beaten him, they, t- they told him, don't be speaking in this name. And he threatened him. The first time they threatened him. Don't be speaking in this name, Jesus, anymore. So they let him go. What did the disciples do? They went back and they actually got with their group and they prayed. Right. What did they pray? Give us greater boldness, Lord. Amen. In other words, we ain't going to quiet down. Just make us even more loud. Right. We're going to get even more bold. Right? What did they say? Don't you say anything about this Jesus anymore. What did they do? They spoke about him even more. Right. So... This, this in Acts chapter 5, actually, if you really want to pick it up, you can pick it up in verse 12, because before that in the verse, first verse 11, uh, verse 1 through 11, is the Ananias-Sapphira incident. But after that, if you pick it up in Acts chapter 12, you'll start finding out that as they continue to preach the word, tell people about Jesus, all of a sudden miracles, signs, and wonders start happening. And as these miracles, signs, and wonders start happening, the Pharisees got on board and were excited about it and liked it and endorsed them. No, they came and arrested them. They came and arrested them. Why? Because they told them to quit preaching in this name of Jesus. You listen? They said, you quit preaching in this name of Jesus. We told you to stop doing this. So guess what they did? They came and arrested them. We'll go, we'll go back over this story next Wednesday. So they came and arrested them. Well, after they arrested them, guess what God did? He sent an angel. Said he sent, say he sent an angel. This is so cool. He sent an angel to open the actual prison door and let all... It was probably more than Peter and John because it said all the apostles. Let all the apostles free. Let them go. Let them go. The next morning, the, the religious leaders send somebody down to go get them to bring them before them, and they're not there. But when they showed up, guess what? The gates, the, the doors were locked. They couldn't see beyond the door, so they thought they were still in there. They showed up, thought everything's cool, you know, and they go and start unlocking the doors, and guess what? There ain't nobody in there. 
Guess what the angels did? The angels unlocked the door, let them out, locked the door back. What did the angel tell them to do? Get over there in the synagogue, keep preaching. So they did. They went over to the synagogue and started preaching. And so finally, they're all like, well, where did they go? Where? And somebody heard them over there in the synagogue. And they come over and said, you know where they're at? They're over that synagogue. They're over there preaching this Jesus again. Go get them. Right now, you go get them. So they did. They went and got them. All upset again because they'd been preaching in this name of Jesus. And guess what they were planning on doing again? They were planning on beating them, which they actually did. They were planning on actually locking them up and all this stuff. But there was a guy in the midst of all of this who truly was somebody named Gamaliel, who truly was somebody who understand, uh, boys, you could be fighting against the wrong people here. And he warns them. He said, let me give you some advice. He said, put these boys aside for a minute. So they did. And they went aside with Gamaliel with his counsel. And they said, let me tell you, religious leaders, something. You know what? There's been others that have been risen up before who really obviously were not like these men who thought they were somebody and they got a following for a while. But guess what? It died out. But I'm going to tell you right now, if these boys are of God, you ain't fighting against them. You listening? You're not fighting against them. Watch this. I want you to see this. Verse uh, 38. You still with me? Yes. Come on, I'm closing. Acts 5, 38. Now I say to you, this is Gamaliel, Gamaliel speaking to him. I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. Yes. Leave them alone. Yes. Underline it. For if this plan. Yes. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to why? Because it ain't God's plan. Come on. Even Gamaliel understood this, and he's not even born again. If this is man's plan, guess what? It ain't going to come to nothing. You know how many people have told me that, that this church would never make it? You know, after 33 years, we're still here. You know, it, it's amazing. People don't understand. If it's birth of the flesh, it's flesh. It'll die. If it's birth of the Spirit and you obey God... It has life in it. How many of you gotten some life out of this church? If this plan or this work is of men, it will do what again? It will come to nothing. But if it is of God, what do you mean? God's plan. If this is God's plan, come on, man. Get, get on some shouting shoes going out the door. If it is God's plan, you cannot overthrow it. Lest you even be found to fight against God. Child of God, when you walk in God's plan, no matter who comes against you, they're not fighting against you. They might think they're fighting against you, but they're not fighting against you. And you need to quit taking it so personal. If you're walking out what God called you to do, who cares what everybody else thinks? Quit getting upset about everybody else not agreeing with what you're doing. If you have a word and a witness and know you're in the plan of God, let me help you. Just ignore what everybody else says. Obey your God. Do what your God told you to do. And if they fight against you, they ain't fighting against you. They're fighting against God. And the last time I checked, he ain't never lost a fight. The last time I checked of the records of our God, he's never lost a single fight. You want to know why? Because his plan succeeds. But God's got a problem today. And has for all the time of the history of man. You know what the problem is? I can't get them to listen to me to hear my plan or I can't get them to obey my plan. They have all these plans of their own, but those aren't mine. So again, if I'm walking out my plan, guess whose plan I'm not walking out? Not walking out his. 
But if I'm walking out of his plan and you come against me, I'm going to let you. These guys got beaten with rods for this. Even after Gamaliel told them that, they beat him with rods. But you know who they were fighting against? God. Guess who they didn't stop? Guess who they didn't stop? They didn't stop the disciples. They didn't stop them from preaching. All their threats, beating them, threatening them, didn't stop them. You know why? They're in God's plan. When you're in God's plan, you succeed. I got to get beaten if I'm in God's plan. Very few you're going to get beaten for preaching the gospel. But if you walk out God's plan for your life, let me help you. The devil's going to make sure you get some naysayers. Come on, church, wake up. He's going to have, without a doubt, some naysayers because you know what the devil don't want? Now, the devil don't know if you're in God's plan or not. Do you understand that? He don't know that. Why? Because he don't have the ability to get the witness of the Holy Spirit in him. He don't have the Holy Spirit. He's a fallen angel. So don't think for a minute God knows whether, excuse me, don't think for a minute Satan knows whether you're in the plan of God or not. Guess what? Guess what? The only people that really know whether you're in the plan of God or not is you and God. No one knows the heart of a man except the man himself and God. So you got to quit going by what everybody else says, what everybody else thinks. Now, when it comes to ministry, again, that's a whole different realm and understanding. I already know I got God's will. Then you got to find somebody that you know in ministry believes in you and you're submitted to. They see that call of God on your life and they're going to be a strength to help you to carry it out. But if you can't find that, you'd have to wake up and say, maybe I don't have God's plan. Oh, we're going to get in so much good stuff on this series. You got to know this. God has said, if you are my sheep, you want to follow me, you hear my voice. Most of you don't realize that it's not as hard as you think. We tend to make it really hard. Well, it's hard to hear God's voice. No, it ain't. Number one, quit saying that. Because as long as you keep saying it's hard to hear God's voice, guess what it's going to be for you? Hard to hear God's voice. You know what you need to start saying? I'm one of his sheep. I hear his voice. Try it. I'm one of his sheep. I hear his voice. A little louder, please. I'm one of his sheep. I hear his voice. Start declaring it. I'm one of his sheep. I hear his voice. I hear his voice. How does God lead me? The word and the witness. Now, we'll get into this in more detail maybe next Wednesday. But here's where you start, folks. Here's where you start finding out God's plan. You got to live in this book. Because this is the easiest way to hear from God. Day in and day out. Well, it doesn't tell me to buy this home or not buy or do that. I understand that. But the more you learn, listen to me. I'm going to get into this in more detail. The more you learn to hear from him through this word, the easier it is to hear him in your spirit with a witness. Because you've now tuned yourself to spiritual things. And it begins with this right here. The more you spend time in this word with God, listening to him, let him speak to you, the more you tune into spiritual things. Amen. amen? I said amen. amen. Praise God. Did you get anything tonight? We pray that you were blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you 
May God's very best be yours.